Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome into Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Nice slant route. This is a business decision. You know you're going to take a lump. And former linebacker Sean Barber. There's a thing called street justice. You take care of yours. Yeah. You take care of your family, take care of your chicken, take care of your money. <laughs> On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We are here. Players Only is back in the building. Why are you looking at me like that? Because you know your mic won't lie. It is 6 to 7 every Thursday. And I'm glad to present Players Only, the Week 7 version. Sean Barber is in the building. Hey, man, let me give my man some love, man. This is not only Dana Hughes, the voice, the color analyst. This is the Missouri Hall of Fame inducted, newly inducted, newly enshrined, newly invited, whatever word you want to say. <laughs> Congratulations, young man, man. Uh, let me just be honest, man. Hell of an honor. Hell of an honor. Appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, Tony Adams, Tim Barnett, uh, those fellow Chiefs ambassadors that came to support amongst many other people from Kansas City area and down in Springfield. It was an awesome event last night, a humbling event, uh, a surprising uh, honor uh, but definitely a blessing for me and my family. We got to all take it in together. You got to hear some crazy stories from my father that I will not confirm are true. <laughs> I didn't hear that from your father, Sid. See, you don't be putting stuff on him. See? Now your uncle might have let some stuff out the bag. You can't trust them cats from Jersey. No, he explained it. He you told me He told me what the sheet looked like. You cannot trust cats from Jersey. He didn't told you me know? you tied it around your neck and just Superman off the, off the garage. He's hey. like, I'm here. <laughs> I must. I must have flew a little bit. <laughs> uh, maybe you got that Wolverine blood. That, <laughs> That's what it is. That see? Wolverine blood that uh, Russell Wilson was talking oh, about. Oh man, a fun time, man. Fun memories. But yes, we are back. Players only in the building. Sean Barber, aka Barbershop. Follow him on Twitter, Sean Barber fifty nine, and I am Danon Hughes. You can follow me on Twitter at dahughesguy eighty three. That's dahughesguy eighty three, as well as Instagram. Dane and Hughes. We got the Jay Southland tow service text line open and the phone lines open. 913-586-7610. Give us a call. Give us a shout. Shoot us a text. We'll be tackling those during the show. Barbershop will have to leave a little early today, so I will be handling the final half of the show. You heard, you, well, we heard an introduction where I say take care of your family, take care of your business, take care of your chicken. So I got to go take care of my Why you? My business. Why my you chicken. feel like you gotta you gotta explain listen, yourself? Listen, man, I'm transparent. I was with this. just trying to be nice. I was just. I like the listeners and the text line to know. I like to be transparent with it. Hey, man, if I come in late, hey, I accept my 
My you didn't accept it last week. Yeah, I did. No, you did. Yeah, you I made did. all kind of excuses. You was here five minutes before I acknowledged you. Blah blah blah. You know, Julio know. Julio know. Julio knows. He yeah, knows. So he's, he's shaking. Yeah, no. But don't man, be, let, don't let, be playing none of them little texts either. You 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 and Dana work on all them sound effects. Yeah. To- <laughs> See, what I'm talking about. That's that, hey, I, we, you know what? It's like two against one. I know how the Chiefs' defense feel now when they don't hit the field and them refs be. Only calling, holding on us. They don't call nothing on the other team. It, that's how I feel like in the studio right now. I feel that's like, how you feel? Yeah, it's like that 13th man. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Boom, 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 boom. Che- defense cheats anyway. We already boom, made ball. that. We've already established that. Y'all know specific rules y'all are not supposed to do, and y'all still go out and do them. So, to me, that's cheating. You're just hoping that the refs don't see it. So, with that being said, let's tackle this last game. We got the first quarter up here, and... Barbershop, this was a disappointing, yeah, yeah, a disappointing loss. But I want your perspective first before I dive in. I mean, it was, it's disappointing just because the outcome was at the end of the game. It was tangible. It was right there in our hands. We had the ball last. We had the opportunity to go the length of the field and and change the outcome and make it make it a win. Um, I saw some some tremendous play on both sides of the uh, ball, all three phases. Obviously, um, very proud to see Bucker back out there. Um, hitting a 60-yard field goal. I mean, awesome, awesome uh, accomplishment on, you know, uh, Dave Tobe and the teams. Um, defense, I think that we had some guys get, uh, you know, um, kind of learn, learn some lessons on the run. Baptized um, by yeah, fire. Ba- baptized by fire, you know. To, uh, to make an iron sharp, you got, it takes some sparks. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of sparks going to fly while you're trying to sharpen your tools. But offense – um, there was a there was a few plays, man. Just a few plays. Obviously, a offensive lineman downfield took back a touchdown. Um, uh, Kels, um, just just always. I mean, he holds his, himself so accountable and stuff. And then um, obviously from the, the just the run game or lack of just man, everybody's just so eager to see what would happen if this 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 team had a little bit more balance to create some a little bit of doubt in the defensive uh, mindset when they call in defenses if they had to even worry about a run play, would, would they still be able to defend us the way they do? So, um, again, that's not uh, – if, if the run play ain't being called, it's hard to get better in the runs mm-hmm. if you ain't calling the runs. So, um, and it's still, like I said, with all that being said and done, we still played good enough um, to have the ball with, you know, minutes left to be able to go to the length of the field and score and win the ball game. And we just didn't get it done. As a unit, as a team, it's not one person. It's not, you know, Pat threw an interception, but it's not – I mean, it's a lot of breakdowns that happen, even if we don't look at the play before that with, with, with McCole. Um, man, just, it's just you got a good holding call, but we, we love to see guys just continue to finish, 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 finish. Yeah. Finish, finish. That's like, like always trying to just finish on everything. So, um, And I put that on myself. I put, like, like, as a player, there was multiple times I looked at myself on the film, and I thought I gave great, great effort throughout the game. And then I look at that film, I'm like, man, I could have played so much better yep. on half of these plays. I could have been slightly better assignment, better alignment, better finish, uh, better fits, better communicate. Like, and I was so, like, almost anal about, like, you know, just obsessed with my own uh, shortcomings on that field, man. Um, I know how it gets. And so, I mean, I just, again, I just, I, I just know in the long term, this team is still growing and progressing. And the arrow is still pointing up for me when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I, you know what? It would be great on this show. I know uh, our program director, Stephen Spector, shoots us ideas and how we, sh- you know, some things that we can tackle because we, in players only, if you're just a first time listener, 
Uh, we try to bring a different perspective uh, that we are not media. We are not. We are people from the locker room, actually been on the field. So our perspective is very unique. It's different. It's not better. It's just different. We watch the game differently. We play We play the game differently. We have a different perspective on the game than maybe a lot that you may hear on these airwaves as well as what you watch on television all throughout the day. And we just try to present that to you each and every week. But I say that, Barbershop, because I wish we could have a fifth quarter. It's kind of It's tougher than most people would think to squeeze in all the information, all the topics, all the things we want to talk about within an hour with commercial breaks and everything else. But if we had a fifth a fifth segment where we can break down mm. plays or if this was a podcast and yeah. we could actually have video on screen and show you contrary to what you may think as you know whether you're C dot what you you Rafiki C dot each and every Thursday and he comes up with some different perspectives that I think are popular and you come up with different perspectives that are popular amongst former players and people that have been in the game. But if we had a fifth segment that we could break down video that shows why things work, why they may not have worked, but more importantly, why they were done. So I say that because before I get into my take about the Buffalo Bills game, I want to go back to I got into it. Uh, a little bit of back and forth with Ron Hughley, who used to be here and now is down in Houston. The show. The show. And he and he spoke something about Frank Clark. And I know you had a take about Frank Clark with CDOT. But the last touchdown, and Frank Clark got off the ball, and he had the video on there, and he said, you know, what is Frank Clark doing? You know, he's not even making an effort, blah, blah, blah. If you go back, you listeners have an opportunity to go back and look at that t- that play, that tape, there's a reason why he did what he did. And Barbershaw, I'm not sure if you remember every aspect of that play. He got off the ball, which I thought this game was the best game that he had in regards to get-offs that I'd seen in his career here in Kansas City. He was quick off the ball. He might have recognized something with the center that he was getting off the ball faster than anybody else on the field in this game. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have five sacks just because you got off fast. And that last play, that last touchdown, he got off extremely fast, but he couldn't get around the, the tackle, right? And But his job is not to continue to try to go around the tackle because if he continues to ri- try to run around the tackle, he's going to get pushed upfield, which opens the door for Josh Allen even further to scramble or run. So he takes his first three steps. He realizes that he can't get home. So then he stays in his area and spies Josh, constricting the the lane that Josh could possibly run the ball. He got his job done. Doing his job. That's his job. Contrary to what most people think that defensive ends are supposed to do, and you can watch of the 60-plus plays that Von Miller had, he got home twice. He got home twice. And so with Frank Clark, there's multiple aspects to his job. It's not just about pinning your ears back and getting to the quarterback as quickly as possible. Sometimes you have other responsibilities. If you can get there quick, great. I played with one of the greatest of all time in Derek Thomas. Mm. He did not get to the quarterback all the time. He was not necessarily supposed to get to the quarterback all the time. 
because he wanted to cut down lanes of other of the quarterbacks being able to scramble. Uh, maybe a quarterback had a tendency on how he folded back or where he scrambled to, and you didn't want to open up the door for them to have a bigger play or extend a play because you were trying to just run around the edge and think you're going to, like it's flag football, you're just going to run around the edge as fast as possible, and if you get to the quarterback, you get to the quarterback. The sack or the 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 uh, forcing out of Patrick Mahomes out of the pocket on the last interception, people want to blame Andrew Wiley at that tackle. It actually was a combination of Trey Smith and Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley had Von Miller blocked, moving him inside towards the center. Trey Smith came over and helped, and because of his help, it opened up the door for Vaughn to flush Patrick out. It's the same thing you've heard me say before and we've seen with Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire on chip blocks on the outside. Max Crosby was able to get a, a sack last week because the chip block actually put Andrew Wiley in a negative position yeah. versus a positive position, which he was in at the time of the snap. And then this week against Von Miller, the same thing happened where on three plays, one where Von actually got a sack because he got chipped by Jarek McKinnon and it threw Andrew Wiley off. And the other one was not the sack, but the flush out for the interception. So I say all that, that might sound like gibberish to many people that are listening, but there is there there are components within the game that are not conducive to what we feel are the bright, shiny coins as fans. Oh, 55's out there, 95's out there. Uh, somebody's got to get to the quarterback. Just go. And if they don't get to the quarterback, they played a terrible game. Or if they do get to the quarterback, then the tackle played a terrible game. And that's not necessarily the case. Now, some people may not understand that, may not accept it, may think we're making excuses about uh, players that – we love or because we played the game of, of football, all we can tell you is what we can tell you. <laughs> like if we have a CEO, if we have a, a financial advisor on here that's talking about the market, he's going to tell us stuff that we may not totally understand. We may not totally accept. We may think is just an excuse, but in reality, he sees the market differently than us and likely because he's in the market every single day his perspective is probably going to be more accurate than my general perspective that I just happen to flip by MSNBC or one of the uh, one of the channels that has the market scrolling by. No, it's, and it's always going to come down to that. And obviously, um, you know, I, listen. One of my my most beloved critics is my wife, and she hears me on on with C dot. Sometimes she's like, "Don't let them get you angry. Don't let them get you all worked up because you like you're very knowledgeable." But when you get worked up, Sean, you you, you, get, you don't have no patience for them. <laughs> and you just start calling them stupid and done. I, say, oh, I mean, she's like, but that's how you treat him. You treat yeah. him like he, like he doesn't. And, he, and he's, a, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. Yeah. So, she, you know, she tells me she's very, you know, intellectual about it. You know, don't. No she's one, the smart one of the family. Man, she got, she, yeah, they get the books. That's how it is in my house. They get the good looks, the books, sense. Yeah, everything good about them is from her. But, but she tells me, like, like, if you got a great point you're trying to make, don't let somebody else making a different opinion water down your, your your process, your thought. Like, just stick to your guns on what you're saying. Yeah. Stay clear, stay focused. You know, I love and it for that. So, all in all, it was a tough loss. The Chiefs can bounce back. You definitely don't want to have two straight losses going into a bye week. I feel like we will see the Buffalo Bills again. 
This is reminiscent of what we saw last year where they came in here, beat us during the regular season, but when it really counted, we were the better team. As I mentioned earlier, I feel like this was a, an easier digestible loss than the Indianapolis Colts. Not because I expected the Bills to win, but it just felt like that's like at the end of the game, and I said this during the pregame, the best two teams in the AFC going into the game were the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs. Maybe not in that order. The best best two teams coming out of that game were the Buffalo Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, possibly in that order. We have not lost any kind of ground in regards to our power rankings and how good we are in this division. Uh, and we came out relatively healthy. We'll be a better team because of it. There'll be a better players that will do better because of it. All right, when we come back, that's quarter one. When we come back... We will uh, open up the text lines as well and tackle some more stuff. And we are back, players only. Sean Barber, a.k.a. Sean Barber 59 on Twitter. And I am Danon Hughes, D.A. Hughes Guy 83 on Twitter. We're back for the second quarter of players only. We got the text line open, 913-586-7610, as well as the phone line. We will get to that, but as we have done all season long, Barbershop, as I know you have to leave pretty quickly, we're going to get to the hot fire, spit fire, fire take segment of quarter two, and I'm going to... You don't know nothing about that. You don't know about that. You were still drinking Similac. You were still drinking Similac when Ohio players was playing that. I should, I, actually, I should have told Julio not to play that this week because that's the Ohio players. And my Hawkeyes are playing Ohio State, so I is should that the be... same Hawkeyes that the Spiders beat in the NCAA? All right, Barbershop, we got the fire take, <laughs> spit fire. Give me yours, man. Let me start off, man. Hot fire, spit takes. But man, listen, what's on everybody's mind is who is really the best team in the league right now? What's going on? Is it the Eagles? Is it the Bills? Is it the Chiefs? And who is the worst teams in the league? Is it the Washington Commanders? Is it the uh, Carolina Panthers? And, and is there any room in between? Can, can a team actually grow now that we're six weeks into the playoffs? And can some of these three and three teams end up being feared and vaunted and, and be the team that nobody wants to play against? Man, the season is a marathon. It's, this, is, this first six weeks was just kind of uh, I'm jabbing like a, like a boxing match. They was just jabbing to see what each other's reach is. And now we got some teams like the Giants, five and one. Uh, we, got, we got the Jets. They had a great start. And we got some teams that we thought were going to be awful, right? We thought that the, the, the Texans, they still being the Texans. But the Colts, they thought they was going to be good. there. So everybody has kind of shown a, a different version of themselves. But now I think we can take off all the masses. Everybody's going to kind of see uh, from week seven to about week 12. That's when I expect people to be playing the most consistent according to who they really are. And so if you believe in a team, this is the time to get behind the teams you believe in for the next five or six weeks because I believe that this is when the truth gets shown. Julio, is that is that fire or is that – I think I th- – I'm going to give him some fire on that one. I'll give him some fire. Julio always got Julio, your back. Julio's saying it's like a microwave. It's kind of just warming, warming up. warm stuff up. It ain't really fire. I, I'll say this. Here's my fire take this week. And I want to, and I'm glad we're doing it in quarter two because it kind of ties into what I could have said or what more I could have said in quarter one about the Bills and the recap of that game. Contrary to what many people think, contrary to even what some of you 
what you talked about with C. Dot earlier in regards to Joshua Williams. Um, I don't know the total amount of plays that he played, but he got beat on two. Now, if he played 40 plays, 50 plays, what have you, he got beat on two. That does not mean that he is not worthy of playing in the NFL. does not mean that he can't get better. There was some definite technique breakdowns that I saw in his coverage from a wide receiver's perspective. If I have a defensive back that's running down the field and he has both his hands on me at 15 yards plus down the field, he's beat. Either he's beat or he's going to get a flag. Most defensive backs that have both hands on the receiver deep down the field are looking either to draw a flag or they are not 100% confident in their technique or their ability to stay with said receiver. Now, normally you'll see a a defensive back have one hand on a receiver, might be holding his wrist. That's a technique because if I hold your arm, that means you can't run as fast as you want to because you can't pump your arms, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, If I have one arm on you, then I know that you're within hand distance So that if the ball comes, it's got to be perfectly thrown in order for me not to have as much of an opportunity to get to the ball as you. But if I got both hands on me, on you, then there's no way you can run as a defensive back as fast as I can run. That's what we saw with Gabe Davis. That's what we saw with Stephon Diggs. That is an easily changed technique. That comes with time. It comes with playing experience. We saw that, a perfect example, Charvarius Ward early in his career. A lot of deep balls that were thrown against him, pass interference, defensive holding. He wind up getting better, and now later in his career, last year specifically, started intercepting some of those passes mm-hmm. and he's, knocking those And he's way. balling for San Fran And right he's now. playing he's, strong he's for San Fran, which strong. we'll see this week. So I will say my hot fire take is ease up on the criticism of Joshua Williams He's six foot three corner that can run, that can cover, and he had some. He had two breakdowns in the game, but I didn't see anything else. I didn't see any other catches that were against him. I didn't see any other big plays against him. So we can't condemn a player because he gave up two big plays. If he only played five plays, okay. But if he played thirty plus plays in a game against the top receiver and core duo in the league, and gave up two big plays. We can't say that his, he's trash, he's not worthy of playing, uh, that we need to go out and find another player to replace him. It's part of the growing process, and I guarantee you, as you are hearing me now, in week seven of Players Only, if we're in week 15 and we're still talking about Joshua Williams not being good, then I will eat my words. But I guarantee you he will be a better player for that experience because even though he got beat, mm-hmm. he's going to tap into, man, I covered them cats for 75% of the plays I had them. All right, what you think about that? Half fire or not? Half fire or not, man? I think Half fire? Is that, that's got to be spitting fire, Julio. That was all right. That was, that's got to be fire. All right, my next one, man, obviously goes back to TB12, right? He's the GOAT. He's the Stop greatest. yelling at folks. We all grown. <laughs> that's what you want to say. You want to you want me to say it as quick as you? I mean, I was going to Everybody's go- a grown man. Yeah, man. Tom Brady, we don't care how many... Super Bowls you won, Psycho Tom, uh, you trying to fire, yeah, you trying to fire people up, such a great competitor, blah, blah, blah. Stop yelling at other grown men before you get slapped on the sideline by some bigger man that's tired of you screaming in their ear. 
Go ahead and now do your take. Okay. Well, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't know if it's the coaching staff. I don't know if it's defensively. Obviously, it's hard for the offense because the receivers actually want to receive the ball from the running back. Everybody who's a potential receiver don't want to make them mad. The old line, they're kind of in debt with them. They, you know, like they're supposed to protect the quarterback at all means. So I think it comes down to the defensive side of the ball and then some of the leaders as far as the, you know, Bruce Arians and then Todd Bowles. Somebody's got to understand and say something that, like, man, listen, you can't lead men if you're not here with the men. Mm-hmm. So if you decide to leave on Friday, respectfully, you're Tom Brady, and there's some things that contractually we might have said you have a little bit of leeway to do X, Y, and Z, but I don't think that anybody would sign up anybody on a contract that says, on Friday before a game this Sunday, we're going to allow you to leave Friday night, miss practice, and then with the ability to come back on Saturday, you come back too late to even make the walkthrough, and then we show up on Sunday, we get our butts kicked. You don't play – as well as you usually play, and then you got the nerve to berate and yell at the offensive line and the, your teammates. Like, that is a lack of accountability, responsibility, self-awareness on, and so, many, and lead, on so many different levels. And then when questioned about it, he goes back to the, I was just trying to fire everybody up. I was trying to get the best out of these men and this and this. Where was that leadership at on Friday and Saturday? Yeah. that that I mean, it was it's very clear and cut, man. You can't. It's you, getting you, old. You, you got to be with us or not. Like, it's getting old, Barbershop. Training camp, the, the hiatus. Yeah. Everybody, listen, man, you got, we all got personal lives. But the ability for you, because your personal life ain't working out the way it has been in the past, to be able to take 10 to 11 days off and straighten out some of your stuff, I'm, I'm guarantee you he's not the only guy in the league that's having some marital issues or having some things family going on. Family stuff. Family stuff going on. But when the season comes, man, like this this NFL, it takes a priority. It takes sacrifice. And that's what the great guys do. They sacrifice a lot of the things that a lot of other people take for granted. They sacrifice to go out there as a unit and prepare to play a game. And he hasn't – that's twice this year he has shown that he's not willing to make that same sacrifice for the guys he's playing with now with those Tampa Bay Bucs. And he's getting a pass. He's getting a pass that I know Lamar Jackson, I know Patrick Mahomes, I know a lot of quarterbacks in the league would not get the pass. Not excusing it because you won seven Super Bowls. That does not excuse behavior. If he goes and, and, and drives down the highway at 120 miles an hour in a Ferrari, a Ferrari, you can't say, well, he won seven Super Bowls, he's excused. You can't excuse bad behavior just because you win or just because you give the perception that you are ultra-competitive and the greatest of all time. The fact of the matter is you are playing, working with, you are employed in a company, working with other grown men in the company for a common goal, just like if you was with T-Mobile, GEHA, or Cerner, or wherever else, and you cannot act and react the way you want to act and react in front of the camera, in the boardroom, uh, conference room, Zoom call, etc., there are consequences to that, and I'm actually surprised one of them offensive linemen don't stand up and be like, "All right, now, like all you gotta do is be like, like you, you ever been? You had <laughs> yeah, now we heard you, okay? Yeah, all right. like, enough. All right. like, That's it. All yeah. right, now we got we got the point, man. Don't. Because that would that would change his whole demeanor about all that screaming and yelling. If somebody had wanted Tristan Wirfs stand up at three thirty mm. and said, "All right, now," that's it. <laughs> yeah, easy, easy. On right. it. Pump your brakes. Pump your brakes. That's all right. All right, when we come back, that's halftime. We got players only. Coming back, we got Time's Yours segment. Dan is on the line. We got multiple texts coming in. Barbershop's got a breakout. We appreciate you taking time today. When we come back, we'll tackle it all. Time's yours. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we are back. Players only. Halftime is all over, and Barbershop is gone. Had a prior engagement set. We appreciate him squeezing out as much time today as he could. Stayed a little bit longer into halftime. But as we mentioned, the text line, the phone lines are open, 913-586-7610. We got Dan. I need that, I need that energy boost right now with Barbershop gone. Dan, what you got on line one? Hey, hey, Dan, how you doing? Yeah, the Chiefs uh, played pretty good, even though they lost. I like why I saw Juju, a uh, big game, you know, Chelsea with a big game. I'm still kind of irked about those penalties, Dan. It didn't make sense, that Juju penalty and Chelsea penalty. And then I saw the playoff game, you said, a few weeks ago in 1997 when the Chiefs were up 10-7. And Paul McGuire agreed. I think it was a stupid penalty. I don't think he did anything to Lavelle on that one. I think that was a clean play. I know you hit him a little bit, but I think that served the penalty, so I didn't make no sense of that penalty. And uh, what do you think about Odell, Dan? I heard that Chelsea wouldn't mind him coming here, but if you went to Buffalo, the Bills already got uh, Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis. Do you think uh, Odell would just go back to the Rams? That's what I think. Take care of yourself, Let's take care of the 49ers. Take care. Thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate you. I have to be transparent, Dan. I did kick that dude in 1997 playoff game against the Denver Broncos. Uh, I did deserve a penalty. Didn't like that they saw it. <clears throat> but I blacked out and uh, definitely deserved that penalty. So, yeah, even even if the uh, the uh, commentators and broadcasters didn't see it or didn't think it was justified, um, I'm trying to be the bigger man. I did my woosah over the years and recognized that I was at fault. I kicked the dude right in front of the official, which was a dumb, dumb penalty. But I will go back. I appreciate your call, Dan. We'll tackle on the – OBJ conversation. We got that from the 917 as well, or 97, yeah, 970. So multiple texters chatting about Odell Beckham Jr. coming to Kansas City. I think he's a great talent. I think he'd be an asset to our offense. Uh, I think that having him would be put us in a position where we would not have to play against him with another team in the AFC. 
Uh, let's remember, the trade deadline is not upon us. Injuries happen every week. So even though the Bills and the Chiefs are of the two teams that are being spoken about, there can easily be another team that comes in the mix that whether it's Denver or somebody in our AFC West that we still have to play twice, those are options where you have another asset on offense that will join that team. Now, having said that, this is not fantasy football where you pick up somebody on your roster just so somebody else doesn't get it. I do that in my leagues. I'm in four leagues. But having said that, I, although I think he would be a great asset as a weapon and would garner respect on the field that other players don't, I find it hard to believe that in this offense that he would be as big an asset with Patrick Mahomes in this offense as people will think. Here's why. <clears throat> Patrick is a great quarterback and he seems to play great with receivers that he's been around a long period of time. He's, he's, he builds a camaraderie, a trust with receivers or tight ends that he's been around for a while. And I don't think coming in in week 9, 10, or 11, if you're Odell Beckham Jr., will feed into that. Um, as In regards to the big production that everybody would assume he would bring. He would bring some production. He's a receiver. He knows how to get open, knows how to create separation. He'll have a smaller package in the offense and we'll be able to get him the ball. No doubt about that. But as far as the impact that people may think he would bring, I don't know if that would be possible in this offense to come into it totally blind, totally new, and uh, in the middle of the season where you don't have extended work to be able to to work with your team. So uh, I think we do need some production from our wide receivers. Uh, we need to develop a deep threat, and that's part not just on the receivers but also on the quarterback to trust the receivers to come down with some of those big plays. All right. Thanks, Dan. We got Velvet on line one. What's up, Velvet? That's a new caller. No, it's Melvin. It's, yeah, it's Melvin. I oh, what's up, I Melvin? Enunciate. Hey, I want to comment on the cornerback that got burned. I remember uh, Kevin Ross's first game. I think Louis Lips for Pittsburgh burned yep. for three touchdowns. And Kevin Ross said when I interviewed him after the game, he said it will be the last time. You see that happening? Mm -hmm. He turned into an all-pro cornerback. I remember when Kevin Ross, uh, Albert Lewis, uh, Cherry, and Burris, all four of them made the Pro Bowl and was mm -hmm. on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So just because he got burnt this game, it's like you were saying that Satan with uh, C-Dot and everybody else. I mean, uh, Barber was saying with C-Dot. doesn't mean that he doesn't have the ability to become a, a good cornerback in the NFL. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Appreciate you, Melvin. Thanks for the call. I totally concur. I actually played with Kevin Ross, a.k.a. Rock. I remember him telling the story about not only did he go to the media, he stood up as a rookie in front of the entire meeting room with the players and coaches and said, it will never happen again. And it never did. So that tells you about the intestinal fortitude that Kevin Rock had, uh, Kevin Ross, and he lived up to his words. Not saying that Joshua Williams needs to do that, but uh, Kevin Ross had a long career, and it was very similar in the way it started with Joshua Williams. Undrafted or a late draft pick, came to the Chiefs, earned a starting position as a rookie undrafted, 
And then now he's on the Ring of Honor, multiple Pro Bowls, et cetera. So one of the best DBs that Kansas City has ever seen. And he started off slow where I'm sure there were a lot of people. If social media was open back then, they would have skewered him. Uh, and then lo and behold, he winds up being on the Ring of Honor, one of the greats of all time here in Kansas City. Appreciate that call, Melvin. We got one more, one more line open. Oh, that's okay. We're going to tackle this text line real quick. We got a few that we can get to. Uh, somebody said, I thought Odell signed with the Vikings from the 913. No, that's not true. I uh, think Odell is a big enough threat. Um, I played with guys that came to this team. And here's one message from a player's perspective. Just because a player does really well, is really strong in one team, on one team and one uh, offense, does not automatically translate that he will be the same player at this, with this team. Uh, Brett Perryman came to Kansas City. 100-plus catches, 1,000 yards in Detroit, et cetera, didn't play as well here. You can go through the list of players that have come here as free agents. Uh, Josh Gordon, you know, didn't do much here. Uh, I'm not trying to besmirch anybody's name, but at the same time, just because you are uh, – you, are, you do damage elsewhere does not automatically mean you'll do damage here. And if you don't have a full off-season training camp, preseason, uh, an already, already established relationship with the quarterback, you are working uphill in some water-soaked boots. All right, we got the, se- uh, the, t- uh, the phone line open. Nick, let's go to Nick. What's going on, Nick? Time yeah. The squad because we all know he's a awesome veteran wide receiver. Tell me your thoughts on uh, us possibly trying to go after Indomitian Sue in that middle of the defensive line to help Chris Jones out. Great call. Great question. Thanks, Nick. I endorse Indomitian Sue. I actually know him personally, have hung out with him, played cornhole, stayed at his house, and I think not only as a quality person, uh, I think he would be an amazing force in the middle of this defense. And to me, if there's somebody that you have to – that garners that kind of respect, uh, you'd love to have him on your team. And, and I say that because of this. You've heard me say in, in past weeks and past times, when a, when a team breaks the huddle, you had to know in the past years where number 10 was. Every defense would tell you, Tyreek Hill, when the team broke the huddle, Travis Kelsey – where, is the, where are those guys at? They're on the left side, right side, in the slot. We got to conform our defense around you. For many years, Chris Jones, same thing. Uh, Justin Houston in the past. Derek Johnson. You can go Eric Berry. You can go the list on and on. And Dominican Sue can be that force. May not be the same player he was early in his career with Detroit and then with the Buccaneers, et cetera, and with L.A. But when you break the huddle – you better know where he is, and you better have your pass protection and your run blocking conform to trying to negate his abilities. That would only open up the door for Chris Jones and vice versa. So to have those guys, and I'm not saying that Derek Nottie's not doing a great job, uh, Tershawn Wharton is hurt, but if you have that other force in there that everybody has to respect based on their history, I think it would help our defense. Help our pass rush. He's athletic. We can run twist stunts. He can run the edge, just like he did in the Super Bowl against us. And uh, I think it would make our our defense flourish a little bit stronger. So maybe something that we contemplate. We have had a, a history 
of signing mid-season, late-season veterans to come in and be impact players. Melvin Ingram the third last year. It was T-Sizzle, Terrell Suggs, the Super Bowl year. Every year we've had Carlos Dunlap came in early this year. We, and Dominican Sue could be that next force. All right, next we got our last caller, Sonny on line one. Give it to me. Yo, what's, yo, what's up, Danny? Thanks for taking my call, man. I've been enjoying the show. Listen, I'm not going to snub my nose to the Chiefs going after Odell if that's what they choose to do. But what, my man's coming off another ACL, another ACL injury. That's the second or third, if you could correct me on that one. Listen, man, we've got plenty of draft picks. I know the Jets said they weren't going to do it, but Elijah there in New York, he's unhappy. And, and I think you throw him in with this offense, it's a mini Tyreek. I mean, we're not going to get another Tyreek, but it's a mini Tyreek. All of our receivers, six one, six two, besides Sky Moore, and they got them big bodies. I know we were hoping for MVS to be that down-the-field threat, but Pat can't even stand in the pocket, man. So that's going to be another uh, position we have to address in the offseason. So, listen, I know it's not break glass in case of emergency quite yet, uh, but, you know, we got that fire extinguisher out, man. And, and Buffalo, as they just proved it this past week, they're hot on their tails, man. So I'll take it off there. Appreciate you, Sonny. Thanks for the call. I will say this as we go into break. In Brett Veach, we trust. That can't be fleeting. This team, this organization has done nothing to warrant any kind of concern in player acquisitions, midseason, draft, or what have you. Four straight AFC championships hosted at home. A one or two seed since Patrick Mahomes has taken over as the quarterback. If Brett Veach feels like Sue, Elijah Moore, or who, Od- o- Odell Beckham Jr. or whomever can help this team, I'm going to lean on their trust and their knowledge of their 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 character, their abilities on the field, their rehab, etc. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna live and die with that until they show me differently. Thanks for the calls. Thanks for the text. When we come back in quarter four, we got to talk about this San Francisco game. To me, it's a must win, not necessarily like a playoff must win, but going into a bye week must win. We'll talk about it more. <clears throat> Time's yours. All right, we are back. Fourth quarter, players only. I am Danon Hughes. Follow me, DA Hughes Guy 83 on Twitter, Danon Hughes. On Instagram, just want to tackle maybe a couple more text messages from the 913. I really like your guys' opinion. You changed my thought process. Listening to 610 all day and getting the media perspective of the games, you guys lay out a perspective of the game that is honest and true and easy to follow once you've heard it correctly. Thank you for the knowledge you impart upon your audience appreciate that that's exactly what we're trying to do like i said we're not trying to be better than or present ourselves as as better than anybody else on these or any airwaves we just want to show a different perspective and i'm glad you can visualize what we're saying and possibly enjoy the game because of it so appreciate that uh as well uh somebody asked if they can watch film with me and barbershop it'd be an honor Maybe we, Barbara, we need to set something up. Maybe we get a small movie theater somewhere around uh, town, not during the bye week, but maybe a bye week in the playoffs where we host something and we can watch some film together, do a Q&A. That'd be cool. So I'll talk with Barbershop. Maybe we can get something set up, get a sponsor to sponsor the event, 
uh, and uh, just show you a different perspective, school you on what's going on on the All-22, how things work, why things work, uh, why things don't work, and who's doing good, who's doing bad, contrary to what you may think you see or hear uh, from other pundits. All right, with that said, we got just a couple of minutes left. I want to get into uh, first just the recap of this Bills game. Uh, It's a bounce-back game. It's tough to bounce back, but the incentive is not just winning. It's going into the bye week with a win, with something positive. It's a long flight out there. I will be on the team flight with the team as part of the broadcast with Mitch Holtis and I and Dan Israel and Nate and Eric and all the guys out there that will be uh, will be tackling the game and Josh as well. And that's a long flight back if you lose. It's a long week if you lose. So there's a lot of incentive on our side to escape a road game with a win. Uh, so with that being said, I think this game is a great matchup for us. The defense for the San Francisco 49ers is very strong. Now they are somewhat hurt. And the the laundry list of injuries is long for the 49ers. But when you have an identity as a defense, normally that takes over for the actual players. Not saying that you can replace all pro players, but if there's if there's a way to to still have uh, your identity on the field, you'll be able to to be able to play as well as you possibly can and still be able to put forth a winning performance. You got guys like Charvarius Ward that's on that team that he obviously looked at the schedule coming in this year and knew he wanted to be fully healthy and able to show what the Chiefs are missing with Charvarius Ward. And then there are players, although they're just a few, there are several coaches that still uh, were a part of that Super Bowl loss to us in Miami. It's been a few years doesn't mean that the sting doesn't matter. This is their first opportunity to play against us in regular season since that Super Bowl loss. So there are going to be guys out there, Armstead, Warner, Bosa, Ward, that were were a part of that loss, and they want to seek retribution. They want revenge. So we have to go out there of the mindset of business as usual. Uh, we got to establish the run game, and we got to stop the run. Their run game with Debo Samuel – Jeff Wilson uh, can be de- devastating and it can keep our offense on the sideline. We have to be better than that. I feel like this is a win. We'll have something positive to talk about next week going into the bye week and the Chiefs at 5-2. and two. Join me next week. We'll be back with Barbershop here as well. Peace. is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 